You're listening to The Uncommon Podcast, where we celebrate the stories of men and women who are living uncommon lives. These individuals pursue excellence and purpose in their relationships and work. They optimize their health and stewardship, and they embody victorious vision and fervent faith. Be inspired and encouraged to follow your own uncommon path and live a life of authenticity, accountability, and adventure. Hello, welcome to the Uncommon Podcast. Welcome. I'm your host, Philip Ramsey. I'm Ryan Garvey. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, we have a really fun episode for you. First, we wanted to go through all the pillars that we think about when we think about somebody who is uncommon, the uncommon, if you will. Uh, we, we try to specifically think about one topic or kind of one pillar, if you will, every episode and kind of deeper dive into it. Again, all these pillars have kind of sub pillars, if you will, Mm -hmm. but uh, let's go through all the pillars. So you guys are starting to get aware. I always say guys, you folks are always aware of, of kind of what we're doing and the bigger picture of how we start our thinking about the, the uncommon, not even as a company, but as individuals, how do we be uncommon in these areas? Here are the pillars. And then we'll talk through which one we're going to talk about today. All right, take it away. So the first pillar is radical relationships. Um, and we'll, yeah, we'll delve into these more kind of over the course of the different episodes. So radical relationships, number two, worthwhile work. Yep. Uh, number three, holistic health. Yep. I think you're maybe picking up on some alliteration here, help you remember it. Number four, stellar stewardship. Number mm. five, dare to dream. And number six, fervent faith. Love it. There they are. So today we're going to talk about uh, radical relationships. Oh, yeah. And how do we start with thinking about that? We're going to talk about marriage first. Yep. Because, man, there's no better way to... Well, maybe there there are better ways. But for one, one thing that I really do when I start meeting somebody is how they treat their wives or their spouses. Mm-hmm. How do they look at marriage? How do they see that as an uncommon perspective? Because like you've all heard, oh, the old ball and chain. Right. Like, Uh, That doesn't seem uncommon at all. That seems very common. And so what is it? And then a question that if we ever meet and we haven't met, one of my favorite questions to ask, how long have you been married? Mm -hmm. That is a question that you can deduce as much or as little as possible. But for the first thing, like I was playing pickleball. This was in Minnesota on our vacation. And I was with this part of this guy. He was at least 70. Uh, And I couldn't tell if he was quiet or he was just being a jerk. Okay, that's... It's just focused. He's locked in. Full, th- <laughs> you know, that, there's my, my full th- thought of the whole thing. But uh, so I asked him, hey, how long have you been married? Guess what he said? Just hit the ball. Nope. He said okay. 54 years. Oh, wow. And then he said, that's interesting you asked that. Why'd you ask that? And I was like, well, you can, you can really... You can glean a lot from that question is basically what I said. And he's like, yeah, you really can. And so then I knew right away, I was like, okay, he's probably just quiet. You know, <laughs> uh, he's been married for 54 years. <laughs> he's and got a lot on his mind. <laughs> it's not easy. Marriage is not easy. Uh, and even doing like marriage counseling with some individual cl- like couples over the years, I really feel like they just look at us like we're Charlie Brown's like adults, like, <laughs> you know, like they're not listening to anything because uh, they're just so in love and everybody thinks marriage is going to be easy. Once you get into it, you're like, wait a second. Yeah. Wait a second. So that's why we're talking about marriage. That's why we're talking about radical relationships and how to be uncommon in your marriage. Hope this is 
encouraging for people and maybe they can look at their marriage in a different way and pursue their spouse in, in kind of a joyous way. So yeah. what do you have to say? Yeah. Before we jump into kind of the questions we have around marriage, let me ask you this, Phil, what comes to mind when you hear radical relationship? Like how do you yeah. characterize that? Yeah. Something that's authentic. Like yeah. I don't see a radical relationship of like surface level. I think it's authentic and like people inherently want to be known. Mm-hmm. I want you to know me and then I want you to accept me. I think this is maybe my thought, but I think overarching, it's a natural reaction for people to want to be known and then also want to be accepted and loved. Mm-hmm. Those are the, that's what to me is radical relationships. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. And it, I agree. And it, there can be some, some fear or some apprehension attached to that. For sure. Uh, I think a fear a lot of us deal with just as people is if the people in my life truly knew everything about me, yes, they would reject me or they, they wouldn't be able to, to love me. And, but I think to truly be loved, you have to truly be known. And, and, you know, we're not shy about sharing our faith. And mm-hmm. that's the amazing thing about a relationship with Jesus Christ is that he, as God knows everything about us, the good, the bad, the ugly, mm-hmm. our, our struggles, our, our sin, and uh, he loves us and accepts us fully and perfectly. And so as followers of Christ, like that is how we are called to be in relationship with one another, uh, to live out that, that vulnerability and, yeah. and that honesty and then give others um, a safe space to do that as well. So yeah, right. I'm excited to talk about that specifically with marriage. Going well. to full circle, that's why I think it's so interesting that that God gives us such a perfect picture of Christ in the church. Mm-hmm. Like that's his bride. He dies for her. Like it's just a very a perfect picture. And then you go into a wedding and they talk about that. It's a covenant yep. and it's something that's really powerful. And eventually the husband, Jesus, dies for his bride mm-hmm. uh, and, and accepts them for their imperfections and, and never really condemns them, but actually dies for them. Mm-hmm. What a sweet picture. And I think I will say this, and this is going to get controversial. So hang on, listeners. Perfect. <laughs> uh, this whole submit, submit to your husband, part of the Bible is very controversial. And if you think about what Jesus did for the church, and somebody who's submissive to an ultimate creator slash Jesus, uh, and they're serving you in such an unconditional way, a lot of people would then submit to that. Hmm. But I think as men, they'll use that word in, in almost a derogatory way mm-hmm. to like, hey, submit to me because I'm a husband. Like, uh, no, that's not the, that's not the picture. Uh, but Jesus did it in such a way that you would want to submit to right. that because they are loving you unconditionally. Why wouldn't you want more of that? And you would trust them more. And so that's the picture that we have. And so the marriage uh, is a perfect way to not only emanate that uh, ultimate grace and mercy towards your spouse, but then ultimately see this bigger picture for our marriage. And you and I have talked before, my favorite messages and sermons are the ones that don't condemn me because I know I'm an idiot. (laughs) Gotcha. But the one that called me to a higher purpose or a bigger vision. And so I hope this this podcast is that. Yeah. So let's talk about your marriage. How long have you been married? Yeah, I was going to ask if you ever ask a husband that and he just gets the deer in headlights look. He's like, oh, is it 13 years or 15 years? Oh, yeah. Well, I have it easy, though, because I haven't been married married that long. So it will be four years uh, next month on the 22nd. So I even know the day. Well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, my wife, uh, Victoria, we've been, like I said, almost married four years. Uh, We have a pretty cool 
I like to think a cool how we met story and like the nutshell version is I was just walking around with some people from uh, my church and we were going through the neighborhood knocking on people's doors and really just asking them two questions after what's your name we were asking what um, are your gifts and abilities uh-huh. and then um, what are your dreams so just really asking those two questions and having amazing conversations with people um, but how I met Victoria is the last house, the last door we knocked on was her mom's house. And so her mom came to the door probably after like five minutes of us knocking and waiting. I just I just had this sneaking suspicion there was something special on the other side the of the door. Holy spirit. <laughs> yeah, definitely a divine appointment. So uh, her mom answered the door and we kind of asked the questions, but it quickly became apparent like we were there for a different reason. And she really just opened up, talking about being authentic, she opened up about just some really dark trials that she and her family have been walking through. Her and mom or Victoria? Her mom, yeah. Okay. So this yep. is just, yeah, her mom Good. at this point talking to the three of us. And we just listened. And I was like, oh, man, yeah, God's doing something here. And wow. so then she she was like, I have two, two kids, a, a son and a daughter who are your guys' age. Like, I really want you to meet them because they've been praying for a church and like godly friendships. And so she sent out her son. Uh, Is that Crombie? Yep. yep. Shout out Crombie, Jordan. (laughs) Yep. And so he talked to us for a little bit. And then uh, I always tell this part because it's really funny. Her mom comes back out and and she's like, my daughter just stepped out of the shower. Do you want to meet her? And how do you answer that? Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to sound too I eager. I feel, feel really weird here, but yes. <laughs> yeah. I was like, absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, she invited us in. And then I yeah saw beautiful Victoria, clothed, of course. And uh, we just sat down with them. And Betty, her mom, kind of recapped everything she had told us. Yeah. And uh, we just kind of closed that time with some prayer. Wow. And then... Uh, got some phone numbers from them to invite them to church and our connection group. And they actually showed up the very next week, Wow, which was awesome. Um, and so, yeah, then there a few months went by and kind of got to know Victoria more and there's other details to it, but I would want her to share those. Um, but yeah, flash forward, you know, four and a half years later, here we are. So that's so cool. Yeah. yeah so Lord. <clears throat> one, something that he did mention this, but like they're a very attractive family. So Jordan, this individual that we talked about, uh, I, we play ultimate Frisbee, ultimate Frisbee together, Ryan and I, and he brought his brother in law. I don't know if he was brother in law at the time when I met him. Uh, probably not. Okay. So he brought Jordan and this guy like looks like a stinking model, like truly longer hair flowing, and then like just ripped, jacked. So he takes off his shirt and I was like, okay, come on, man. Put your shirt back on. Put your shirt back on right now. Like you're going to shirts, not skin. Uh, anyway, then I was like kind of making fun of him. I was like, dude, you're like an Amber Crombie and Fitch model. Yep. And uh, so then we call him Amber Crombie and then we just shortened it up to Crombie, which is one of my best yeah. nicknames I've ever. And now even Crom. Just Crom. Crom bomb. Which was <laughs> awesome. Here's why. We were at a party. This was years later. And somebody I didn't know called him Crombie. And I was like, what did you just call him? <laughs> and he was like, Crombie. And I was like, why did you call him that? He's like, that's what everybody that's calls him. That's just his name. Yeah. And I was like, it sure is. <laughs> yep. So It's stuck. Anyway, shout out to you, Jordan. Uh, <laughs> Come back to Frisbee. And, we miss you. And then Victoria. <laughs> and they're just, they're amazing people. And so thanks for sharing. Yeah. 
Um, How about you? Okay, so I've been married 14 years, January 26th, 2008. January 26th? That's Victoria's birthday. We'll see there. That's crazy. Yahtzee. Uh, yep, got married. We got... we. Uh, What's your wife's name? Aaron. Cool. Yep, my wife's name's Aaron. She's amazing. Um, we got introduced to each other at a youth group when we were in high school. Wow. Yep. And uh, it's it's an amazing story that we'll have to recap some other time because we don't have that much time. Yeah, yeah. But it really is an amazing God story um, and really edifies Aaron and how much she loves the Lord. Uh, later, we ended up breaking up, and then Aaron just pursued her faith like nothing else. Hmm. Um, and then I went and did what I did, which was not do that. <laughs> and uh, then later, after Aaron prayed just relentlessly, uh, God changed my heart, and uh, we got back together. But... Anyway, so that's that. Nice. Okay, so where do we start? How do you make an uncommon marriage in today's world? What would you say? Oh, man. Um, there's a lot of skills we could talk about. I think um, communication is a great place mm. to start. So just asking good questions, I think, is huge. So beyond the how was your day, how would you sleep, how mm-hmm. are you feeling, even just tweaking those questions of like, hey, what was what was one thing that brought you joy today? Yeah. Um, what was one thing that frustrated you today? Yeah. What can uh, I pray for you? Yeah. Today? How can I pray for you? And then actually do it. <laughs> Don't mm-hmm. walk away. Just like right. let's pray right now. Right. Yeah. Husbands, pray with your wives. Um, that's probably all I need to say there. If you want to have an uncommon marriage, <laughs> yes. pray with your with your spouse. For sure. Yeah, that's yeah. really good. What would you say? Yeah, uncommon marriage to me is something that like gives you life, and so if you ever heard me talk about marriage, this is my kind of thing. Like if Aaron is supporting me and encouraging me, I don't care if the world's against me, Mm -hmm. I'll be ready to take it on. If Aaron's against me, even if the whole world's with me, my whole world's upside down Mm -hmm. because there is a beautiful gift that God gives us through spouses. Um, And to me, without her supporting me, like what are we doing? Uh, And so my marriage gives me life. Like, if there's anybody I want to hang out with, it's Aaron, you know, nice. like anybody out of all the people I got a lot of friends, it's Aaron. I want to be with Aaron. <laughs> now, if she, she, she and I are totally different. She does not play ultimate Frisbee. Uh, in fact, she would rather vomit in her mouth, but, uh, she supports me doing that and, uh, loves to watch. And, and we, we do things that are enjoyable to both of us. The other day we tried to play pickleball <laughs> together. Um, and, and it was fun cause we, we went with a couple that didn't know how to play either. And, she said she had fun, but really she knew like I'm not really going to my fullest capacity, and so that frustrated her. I don't know, if frustrated is the right word, but it it didn't go as great. And okay. she had fun, but it's just like us in competition together is probably not. Uh, yeah, it can get dicey. It can get dicey <laughs> <laughs> because I want to go full throttle. Yeah. I want to win, and she knows that, and not even win. I just want to do the best I can do. Yeah. Anyway, so. So yeah, an uncommon marriage to me is give you life and it like you go back to it and it like fills you up. Mm-hmm. Um, and Erin has talked to about her friends and they went on a little girl's trip and all of the girls were like, oh, I just needed this. Mm-hmm. I just needed to have time with my friends. And I think that's true for every woman. But at the end of the day, Erin was just kind of like, I just wish you were there so we could experience Aww. some of these fun things that we could do. And so. That's an uncommon marriage to Yeah, me. not a lot of wives would probably have said that. So that's cool. Here we are. <laughs> okay, where are we taking this? Yeah, thing? just getting jumping into some questions. Uh, do you want to kick it off or you want me to fire at you first? Yeah, I'll kick it off. Do it. Um, 
So one of the things in marriage counseling that uh, I love to try to do, doesn't happen all the time, but, uh, and I act like I do this often. I don't, we don't, but the times we do, even though I feel like they're not listening a lot, I try to get them to go and talk through something that's going to cause a little friction, if you will. Okay. Uh, one of these things is like, how are you going to do holidays? Because every person has a way that they think they're going to do holidays or expectations, (laughs) expectations, right? Um, And so I try to get them to this point where, hey, what are you going to do about this stuff? And then I will say this, like marriage to me, when we got married, Aaron and I, I felt like, I hate this analogy, but my poop didn't stink. Like, I'm not sinful. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm pretty great. I'm pretty great. You know? (laughs) That's not really what I thought, but like, kind of. I'm not that bad. I'm not that bad. <laughs> right. There you go. Thank you, Ryan. <laughs> and uh, after we got married, I was like, holy buckets. Yeah. Like, it's a magnifying glass on like, I'm not perfect. My communication is actually very selfish. Yep. Um, and the things that I want to do is selfish. And so uh, what I'm trying to emanate when we're, we're doing these counseling things is like, what are some expectations that you might have that you're not really talking through and that yeah. could be a problem later? And it's fun to see the wheels turning and like in the couple that's in front of us, right? Yep. Um, so my question to you, here's my question. Okay. Uh, one thing that I think is so important when people are in an argument, because at some point you and your marriage, you're going to get in a little something, something, mm-hmm. a little tiff. How do you love Victoria through that? Through an argument? Through an argument, right. Yeah. Great question. Um, and it, yeah, something I've not mastered by any means. You can just ask her. Um, I think it should start with like empathy. So mm. you need to, before the temptation, I think, is I need the other person to understand me. Mm. Um, which, you know, there's some value to that. But I think primary to that is. I need to understand where she's coming from. Mm. I need to understand um, how she's feeling. And I need to understand how what I did or didn't do affected her in a negative way and own up to that and not make Mm. excuses for it or not get defensive. So Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, starting with understanding her first and that might clear up everything right there and i might not even feel the need to then be like okay well this is how i was you know feeling (laughs) this is what i meant i might be like oh okay that's what i did and that's how it affected her okay like i I can i can do that differently next time right so i think yeah i I love her well by just empathizing with her and, and seeking to understand her and putting more emphasis on that than her understanding where I'm coming from. If right. That makes sense. That's good. Yeah. I, I heard this one. This is a, just a wise man once said, like, I think in, in times of, uh, not an argument, but maybe, I don't know what you want to say, like just kind of a conversation or something. A lot of times we're supposed to look at the best in somebody else, you know, or your spouse. And what he said is, is like, no, try to not only look the best for them, but also like try to side with them in something like, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Like, I also agree with that, you know, like, and then that to him is like, that's when you can start gaining traction because now you're not only empathizing with them, you're also seeing it from their perspective and understanding it and agreeing with that, Yeah, which is so powerful. I'm going to answer mine quick because this is, this is something that I learned early on in our marriage because I start, like I get passionate and I start yelling. (laughs) Aaron would call it yelling. I I call it getting passionate. (laughs) Um, But in her past, she never... 
uh, her her father, and they just never yell. Okay. Uh, and so I've I figured out early that's how I can love my wife through an argument is just not get passionate or yell, um, and raise my voice. So just stay calm, yeah. and I don't know if calm's the right word. Just don't raise my voice. And mm-hmm. I think that's a lot. This is a huge. It's it's something to think through, and then I don't know if I've ever like raised my voice at Aaron just because I'm like that's a way that I can show her respect and love through even an argument. And it's a small thing, right? It's like something that you really can tangibly like. Okay, lower your voice, Philip. Yep. You know, you idiot. Um, so okay, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Uh, my question is, what is something that you personally, or even with Aaron, what is something that you're currently celebrating in your marriage? Ah. Uh. Good question. Okay. I also want to just like caveat this thing of like, we do not have marriage figured out. Right. Like (laughs) that is not what we're here on this podcast to do, but I do think that it's fun to talk through. And I, I feel like I have such an amazing marriage. So, um, but I have not figured it out yet. So something that Aaron and I are celebrating currently, I think that our kids are starting to grow up to have not only a personality of their own, but kind of walking towards understanding their own faith for themselves. Yeah. Do it. Both my older kids have been baptized, which is a really cool thing. Um, and, and they understand the faith to the point they can. And, and later that's going to come out in their own way. That's going to be amazing. But we've never really pushed that. Like baptism is something that like, hey, this is on you. Like if you want to do, and we haven't like, have you been baptized yet? Or like, hey, yeah. we're having baptisms next week. Like we never talk about it. Um, mainly because we really do want our children's faith to be their own. Mm-hmm. And then we want that to shape their obedience in their own faith, if that makes sense. Uh, and so now have we gotten it figured out? No. And, but I do think it's been fun to see our kids have small incremental wins without us. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, like here's, here's an example. My daughter has a choice between dancing. She loves to dance. Um, at this competitive level, or this is the first year she could, she got accepted and she tried out and she, okay, you're in, or she can go to youth group. And we, Aaron and I have given her the decision, which one do you want to do? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wish I could give you the, uh, the full story of which one she's picked because she hasn't picked yet, Ooh. but, but something that like, I feel confident that she has all the she has all the tools at her disposal to make the right decision. And Aaron and I are both going to be like, we're going to support you either way. Does that make sense? Yeah. Do you, let me ask, do you feel like there's a right decision or can both be the right decision? I think both can be edified and I both, both can be the right decision. Yeah. Um, and that's why I think that I'm excited to see what she chooses Mm -hmm. because I'm not like, "Mm, now that's not the right answer. (laughs) You know, like, do you want to think about it a little bit more? No, like we're going to support you in it. Yeah. And we've always, I shouldn't say always, We've tried to have this, hey, don't put your hand on the stove. It's going to get burnt. Like that's, we have to say that as a parent. Mm-hmm. But now if you want to go touch the stove, you can do it. You yeah, know? <laughs> I'm not going to like stand by you and hold your hand right, like right. your whole life. A good example is we never really had like uh, child barriers on the steps. Like, oh my gosh, Philip, you're a horrible yeah. parent. Like, Get somebody else on that episode when you talk about parenting. <laughs> but uh, we never had our kids fall down. Like. Now, it's a small example, but I've I've seen this in people that I've respected parenting is like they give their kids choices, appropriate choices for the age that they're in. Yeah. And it always seems this is a great analogy that I heard. It seems like um if you think about like a funnel, 
you or maybe like a beacon of like a science you know like a science project where you have like the glass oh beaker beaker there it is yeah and it's like fat in the bottom and then you kind of like constrict it and then it goes into a small little mouth that's what a lot of parents do right no we're talking about parenting this is not a parenting <laughs> show but anyway that's the successes we've had that's the celebrations we had but uh the point is that as the, your kids get older you try to restrict what they can have access to because you know you give them a lot of stuff and then you're like i don't want you to do that don't do it don't do it and like then they go to college and it's like the it wheels are off right and what it should be is more of a funnel where you have more and more bigger choices you know and and uh so i think that's something for another time but I think the successes or victories or um, celebrations that we've had is just seeing our children grow up and then also having the confidence that their parents are going to stay resolute. We're going to love each other. We're going to probably screw up, but then they're going to see us ask for forgiveness and reconcile and um, have a loving relationship. Because I think at the end of the day, that's such a confidence booster for children more than you ever could think it could be. So. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. what I got. Awesome. <laughs> so sorry. That was short long and sweet. <laughs> <laughs> You'll notice that's what happens about me. So okay. So what's one thing before you got married you thought marriage was going to be like, mm-hmm. and then you got into marriage and you're like, oh man, not not exactly what I thought. Yeah. So like an expectation. Yeah. Yeah. I've had a few of those. Um, I guess the first thing that comes to mind. So I was, yeah, I was single for most of my 20s. And so Victoria and I got married when I was 28. So I've been single for, uh, I hadn't had a relationship since college, so probably six, seven years. Mm-hmm. So as a you know byproduct of that, just being, living a pretty independent life and doing what I wanted when I wanted. And so I'm sure I, I I know that I underestimated the change that was going to come with marriage of yeah. like, yeah, you can still do stuff, um, but you need to check with your spouse. Yeah. You need to communicate with them. I know, I don't remember the specific instance, but I know there's one time I went and did something with a friend and like didn't even tell Victoria. <laughs> I didn't even think about it. I think I was actually with her, with her brother and we were just like hanging out. Yeah. And she and I think my phone may have died also just to oh, yeah. compound that. Just. So, so she the wheels are off. She was calling me and I probably get home not not super late like ten ten thirty. This is on a two forty five. Yeah, ten thirty <laughs> the next morning. No, and uh, yeah, she was I'll just say less than happy. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah, that had a we had a conversation of. Yeah, how much of a bonehead I was in that moment. And like, yeah, I want you to be able to do things, but yeah. can you let me know? And right. and so even after that, mm. it's just been a, it still is like a transition of like, you know, you, you give up a lot of your independence uh, in marriage. Like you're, you're not your own person. Like you, especially if you, sub, you know, subscribe to our Christian faith, like you're, the two become one flesh and you yeah. make decisions together right. and what, what you do affects the other and vice versa. And so I think, yeah, just learning how to navigate independence. Cause like, you're still like, we play ultimate Frisbee. That's something that I do with my friends and Victoria's not a part of that. Um, not cause she's not invited, but it's just not her thing. And so you have to have right. these, these kind of separate aspects of your life so that you can continue to grow. Um, so it's just kind of like navigating that, like how do right. I how do I carve out that time for myself, but how do I also 
consider my my spouse in that. It's good. Yeah. Okay. Good question. Thanks. Um, what is one way that Aaron has helped you become just a, a better man? Not mm. even just like as a husband, but yeah. 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 <clears throat> well, uh, maybe it'd probably be a lot easier and quicker for me to answer like, how hasn't she become? Because <laughs> it's really nothing. Uh, she does so many things to support me, not only running my business to like block and tackle of like, hey, you just... I know the business is important. I know people that you're serving are important. I'll be able to take everything else on for you to have the eight to five hour kind of window to like just do what you're doing. And, mm-hmm. uh, but also supporting and encouraging and listening. I feel like all those are amazing characteristics that have helped me become who I need to be. And she's supporting me. Um, I was an elder of our church for quite some time. And man, the ways that she would support me. This is the reason why I'm who I am today. It's because Aaron is complete supportive and then a listening ear to like, Hey, let me hear more. What's, what's going on in your head? Yeah. How can I support you even better and love you better? And uh, the unconditional love I think is like, if you knew that you could do no wrong in somebody's eyes, it would make you get more excited and do things bigger and mm-hmm. um, love harder and things like that. And so to me, everything has been such a supportive thing that makes me who I am today. Like, I can't tell you that anything isn't, you know? And so that to me is, gosh, I mean, I can take this many different ways, but <laughs> uh, yeah, she supports me in pretty much everything. And then if without Aaron, gosh, I really like, this is a scary thought. Like, where would I be without my wife? Yeah. Um, and I hope every listener out there has that same thought. And in that, I love her even more because of that. Like if Aaron killed somebody, she was like, Hey, Philip, I got a dead body in the trunk. <laughs> I'd be like, okay, that person deserved it. <laughs> and like, I'll bury the body for you. Like it wouldn't be any questions asked. I wouldn't think like, you're an idiot. What do you mean you put the body in the car? Like I'd be like, okay, just l- grab the shovel. Like I got this. Don't worry about it. Um, and I, I don't think there's a, that response to a lot of marriages out there where you just believe the ultimate best in your spouse. Yeah, loyal. No oh yeah what. no matter what and like even my dumb things she supports me because here's the deal and i'm going to ask you about this next but i will take ownership like i'm kind of a idiot and so if something doesn't go according to plan i will take ownership i won't be like well you told me like mm-hmm. you didn't say this or you didn't s- stop us there like no I'll, that's on me like that that didn't go well what can we change and how can i do better i'm sorry please forgive me let's do it different next mm-hmm. time. So I'll take ownership. So yeah, the support that my wife gives me allows me to do everything I get to do today. And I love my life every day. Mm-hmm. Like I get to hang out with people I want to hang out with. I get to play ultimate Frisbee on Wednesday. And that gives me more like energies to, to love other people. Well, yeah. so that's what awesome answer. Great question. Okay. Extreme ownership. Yeah. Everyone's probably read the book. In what ways have you had to take extreme ownership in your marriage? Mm maybe a specific example. And then how has that, I, it, I guarantee it has strengthened your relationship with Victoria because you've done it. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Let me think on that. These are like hard questions that we don't really prep before. Like, no, I don't, I don't like, know hey, what he's hey, going to hey, ask Ryan, uh, These are the four questions <laughs> I'm going to ask. No, none of that. Yeah. I know. And I want to give a good, a good answer. A way that I've, <clears throat> excuse me, taken extreme ownership in marriage. Um, 
I don't know. I think I shared this on the last one when we were kind of talking about our marriage, but I just had to, I mean, I've had to take ownership on a lot of things that I've just done wrong. I think a specific thing that comes to mind is just the way that I speak Mm. to Victoria. And it's not even so much words. It's just tone. Um, (laughs) Just getting frustrated easily, getting angry, getting impatient, and then letting that seep into the way that I speak to her. And, and she's not afraid to address it, thankfully. And, and I know, I guess another way that I've had to take ownership in that is like times when I didn't want to, or when I did get defensive and was like, no, like I have a right to be angry about this. (laughs) And, it's like whether that's right or wrong you still need to speak with love even if you feel like you've been wronged and so that's an area where i continue to need to grow is just that patience and now that we've added you know two young boys to it uh there's there's more reasons to you know complain um or be frustrated or impatient but i think one thing i'm learning is i can't control how other people act or the things they do or how they treat me. All I can control is my response to them and and I can choose to love them in that moment or to give into my flesh and, mm. and lash out. And so, yeah, I think taking ownership is like I can take ownership of how I respond to my wife or to my kids or to anybody for that matter. And I can always choose love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're definitely like times where that is a way harder choice than it otherwise would be but you can always choose it so right yeah. that's good that's good yeah. and has that strengthened your marriage because you've taken ownership that's my question uh, yeah for sure for sure mm-hmm. um because it's just growing in christ likeness i would say right. and yeah anything that anything that you do that shows love and respect to the other person is by a result going to strengthen that relationship and Absolutely. make it better. So even yeah. when you screw up, which I yep. love. Yeah. And I just own, own, owning up and saying like, Hey, I, I mess, even if she didn't call me out in that moment, there are times where like the Holy spirit is the best con- convictor. <laughs> and so there are times where I just have to, to come to my wife, not with my tail between my legs, but just in humility and say, Hey, I was wrong for right. what I said and how I said it. And I'm sorry. And, right. Yeah, praise the Lord that I have a gracious and forgiving wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good question. Um, let's kind of switch switch gears. What is one thing you do regularly to invest in your marriage? Whether you're investing in yourself personally, maybe you give an example of, of both, like something you do to invest in yourself and then one thing right. you do to invest like in your guys' relationship. Yeah, I text my wife often throughout the day, just like, how's your day? What's going on? I don't know if that's investing in her, but I do feel like she cares about that stuff. Mm-hmm. And because I, I want her to know I'm thinking of her. Does that make sense? Like, I don't want her to think that I'm thinking about somebody else or something else. Like, she's the top of my list. Um, she's my priority. Um, we We haven't been great at date nights, but every night we usually hang out together. We go to bed together, like, at the same time. Yeah. Um, which I feel like has been instrumental in like, that's the counsel we'll give. Hey, always go to bed at the same time. Yeah. 
Um, and don't like have one person like, and he, he goes to bed at two in the morning and I go to bed at eight in the morning. Like, yeah, just be together or and, go to bed and but be on your phone. Yeah, true. Like, don't do that. Uh, <laughs> so that's something that I would say. I try to just keep her. I try to, th- I'm thinking about her anyway. Like, Oh, Hey, how's your day? And like anything I can do, like I work in my basement. So she's upstairs normally. Um, so you don't just yell through the vent. So I don't yell or snap <laughs> my fingers. Um, <laughs> ring the ring the bell. Uh, no, so that's that's probably one way that I try to keep her as a focus and okay. know that I'm thinking of her and I love her and stuff. So um, that's that. And then she, in turn, will sacrifice when I want to go do things that I want to do that fills up my love tank. Um, yeah, it's funny. Like we talked about the five love languages. Have you ever heard of that? Oh yeah. Um, Gary Chapman. Gary. Oh, Gary. Mine's words of uh, affirmation. So is mine. That's my number one. I need people to do (laughs) Yeah, right, right. Hers is, I think, that's a good question. I'd have to ask her again. I think service is a big thing for her. Acts of service. Uh, Quality time is probably her biggest one. But that's why we always spend time together at night. And now it's just like second nature. I love it. Um, but, But then in turn, she sacrifices. And like we keep talking about Ultimate Frisbee. It's not like our life. But... Every Wednesday, when it's nice out, we're going to go play Ultimate Frisbee, Ryan and I. And I think our wives know, like, hey, they're better husbands if they go and do this. Because yeah. this is something that, like, is an exercise for them. And I come back, and she's always like, how was it? I'm like, awesome. Yeah. If I ever come back from something that she's sacrificed, and I'm like, that was horrible. Then she's like, okay, then don't Why ever do I that. Why did you do it? Why did I just sacrifice <laughs> this and do this? So, yeah. Um, anyway, great question. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. I think I have a question for one more. Okay. What boundaries in your life have you put up to make sure that you have a healthy marriage and like you stay pure and like Mm -hmm. you keep her not as a focus, but like make sure that there's nobody coming into these boundaries. Obviously you're not going to put your faith in these boundaries, but it is something. Um, have you ever read the purity principle? Um, it's a, it's a great book. And his analogy is like, if you have road boundaries as you're going around a mountain and a road, you can go faster actually around the roads because you have these like barricades. So uh-huh. you're not like, and there's a cliff, you know? So what boundaries have you put up for your marriage that you hold true to yeah. to try to protect yourself? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Victoria and I were actually talking about this the other day. And even last night, you and I, we were joking about that show, uh, married at first sight. We'll <laughs> 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 have to just do a whole episode. Oh, on man. But there's a couple in it that we're having a dispute because the, the girl and granted keep in mind they've known each other for like five days yeah but he the husband was a little upset because she just had very close guy friends and she mm-hmm. would even like she'd be Go out them, right well she yeah she'd be out with them and then she'd like have a tendency to like fall asleep on their couch oh. and he didn't he wasn't jazzed about that and like i think it's pretty obvious why so i i share that to say like one boundary don't sleep on other people's couch. Yeah, don't 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 couch surf. <laughs> I think I've just I mean, we're both on the same page as far as like how we interact with people of the opposite sex. Mm-hmm. So like I'm not it's not that I even have really any, you know, female friends. Mm-hmm. Um if anything it's like the wives of my friends are like yeah. the only women that I know. So like yeah, I'm not texting any women. Um I'm not ever in a room one-on-one what the um right. not it's not even necessarily like 
to avoid a temptation, but I also wouldn't ever want anyone else to yeah, yeah to to look in on that and be like, what is Ryan, what is Ryan doing? Yeah, right. perception is key. So yeah, I think it is really important to guard against like those emotional mm. uh, affairs, if you will. Right. Um, if you're, I'd say this: if you're having issues with your spouse, like you're talking to your friends of the same sex, like you're not going to your wives' friends and yeah. saying like, "Hey, these are the issues I'm having," because you're just opening a a bad door, right? So, right. Yeah, yeah. I'd say that'd be good. my answer there. That's good, man. That's good. Um, yeah, I'll ask you one one last question. And All right. Then maybe we can leave them with an action step. All right. Let's go. All right. Um. So you touched on wanting to be better on in the the regular dates. Yeah. So let me ask this. Maybe this will kind of get the the gears turning. If you could plan Aaron's like dream date or vacation, uh, yeah. mm-hmm. what what would she want you to plan? Naples, Florida. Okay. We'd just get on. We wouldn't get on a plane. We would somehow teleport there. My wife just hates to fly. And <laughs> uh, if she can't fly, we're, we're we drive a lot. We drive many places, uh, but it's Naples, Florida is her happy place. Okay. She loves it. She loves the heat. She loves the beach. Um, so we'd be doing something on the beach somewhere, um, hanging out, yeah. reading a book, relaxing. Um, so that'd be like, but like more like not as radical, right? Um, she loves, we love good food together. At one point, we thought we would start like a blog, which I don't know why we ever thought that, but we never would do <laughs> that. Block. Yeah. And like, I'm kind of persnippity about like bathrooms, like when we go to places and she's huge on lighting, like, oh, the lighting's off. Um, but we love to go to fun places. <laughs> like to the eat. lighting in the bathroom is immaculate. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> you got to check it out. <laughs> yeah. So she loves to go out to eat. Um, she seems to like the opera now. I don't know what really? that came from. Um, she went one time and it was, she loved it. Oh. So she takes her mother and her sisters there because I'm like, what? Where can you do that? It's in Indianola, Iowa. What? Yeah, I know, I know. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not too big movie people, but um, but yeah, going out to eat and like talking and like being intentional, like the questions that I ask, like yeah. we'll, we'll go online, like what are five date questions you can ask? Yes, yeah. it is just it prompts a different kind of conversation. Yeah, uh, which is fun. So that would be what my wife yeah. wife would want. The Good worst. Food. The worst is when you're at dinner and you just see that couple that's like sitting across from each other, both on their phones. Oh, it's just stop the madness. Yeah. Don't do that. That's your action step. For, the <laughs> <week. Yes. laughs> for sure. I would say, here's my action step for people. My yeah. challenge. Uh, write your, write your spouse a love letter. Yeah. Write it out and just put it some random place. Yeah. That's awesome. I will leave an action step for people as well. Um, so one thing that I've been learning about is how to make, and I was talking to Philip about this earlier, how to make positive emotional uh, deposits or positive deposits into your spouse's emotional bank account, so to speak. It's good. And so there's a lot of research around this and, you know, even just it takes five positive deposits to kind of make up for one negative. Mm. So... Yeah, and you can store up like positive ones for a rainy day when you mess up. Not that you're like, well, look at all those things I did, but it's just going to like soften the right. blow. So I would give this as an action step. One, if you haven't ever done, we talked about the five love languages. If you haven't done the assessment online, you and your spouse should do it and then share your results because hmm. it's important for you to know how you best receive love. And it's right. also important to know how your spouse best receives it. And then I would say from that knowledge, so 
I, let me see if I can remember them offhand. So it's acts of service, words fi- of affirmation, words of affirmation, quality time, yep. gifts, physical touch. Yep. I believe those are the five. Right. So let's say your your wife's uh, top love language is is acts of service. Write down three to five things you can just do throughout the week right. to make those positive deposits. So it could be, hey, I did the dishes, I cooked right. a meal, right. I picked up a room, I made our bed. It doesn't have to be these grand gestures. Right. And actually, it's the small things that you do uh, each day over time that far outweigh those big, you know, grand gestures. So, yeah, that would be uh, our action step. And, Phil, maybe you and I just commit to doing that this week. Deal. And then we can share our results right. on the next next episode. That sounds great. So, yeah, definitely I think that's important. And then I think the way that you receive loved is the easiest way that you can share. So like words of affirmation is mine. It's Ryan's. So the way that I express my love is words of affirmation, right? Um, and that's not normally what your spouse's yeah, is. Good point. And so it is going to take you to be strategic, intentional about like for my quality time for my wife. Like that's just like number one, the second is probably acts of service. And so, um, being intentional of like being aware first. Yep. I think that's great. And then also like writing out steps to do. So there you go. Awesome. Marriage, radical <laughs> relationships. I hope you enjoyed this. You've been watching, listening to the uncommon podcast. And we hope that this uh, encourages you to go out and just be different in this world. Be a light. Uh, I'm telling you, it's contagious. It's attractive to other people and you're going to impact a lot more people being uncommon than you are going to be in common. So boom. All right. Thanks for listening. Talk to you later. Bye.